you know, on this foundation to moderate this distinguished panel that, that I have be, before me. Um, I'm going to start uh, allowing you to get to know our panelists today. So we'll start with Samantha Mata. And uh, what I would like to hear from, from each of you, if you take about a minute and a half, is to describe the place where you're from. Paint the picture. Describe what drives your passions for cross-border work and what has inspired you to become an entrepreneur or community leader doing this unique uh, work across borders. Good morning, Samantha. Hey, good morning. And thank you all for joining us today. So um, the place that I'm from, it's the capital from the state that's right below Arizona. So I'm from Hermosillo, Sonora. And this is like a really cool place to live because it's a mixture between the coast and the desert is where the desert meets the ocean. So it's like this really amazing place to live in. Um, it's just like 178.5 miles away from the border. So we live very close um, to the American culture. So there's this like bicultural standard in my hometown in which you grow up being part of the Mexican community, being part of Mexico, being part of that identity. But also since we're very close to the border, we get to know a lot about the United States. Um, ever since you're born and you start going to school, they start teaching you English. That's just like how it works. Um, so mostly like everyone back in my hometown speak both languages, Spanish and English. So we have like this um, identity in which we do realize and we are very aware of the opportunities that our country like provides for us but we're also very aware of the opportunities that the United States opens for us so this is like a very good mentality to grow in um our economy it's based on agriculture um livestock fishing since we have like this like various like mixture of all like the desert um being close to the United States and all that stuff um and what like drives me to create like this cross-border work, what inspire me to become like an active asset in this stuff, it's basically the same answer. It's just that I deeply believe that diversity generates better solutions, better ideas. It just generates better everything. Um, and the fact that I'm very aware of um, how dependent the United States is from Mexico and how Mexico depends also on the United States, that helped me to realize that the best way in which we can like create better solutions and actually help both parts grow is if we work from both sides. Like the more input that we have from both sides, the more ideas, the more like diverse identities that we have working on those problems that we face, the better um, solutions and the better um, ideas we can generate to overcome whichever situation we face as a um, cross-border community. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, so as a, you know, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm on the opposite side of the border. Sam is from Sonora, uh, Robert and I are from the Arizona side of the border, and we too live in a duality uh, in, you know, kind of flip perspectives. So I'll continue on um, with Robert. Uh, I went ahead and kind of teed it up for him. And I'd like to hear, uh, Robert, for you to describe the place where you're from, what has driven your passions for this cross-border work and what's in inspiring you to, to become an entrepreneur um, and continue to shape yourself as an entrepreneur and a community leader and organizer doing this unique work across borders? Happy to, thank you. Good morning, everyone. So my name is Robert Johnson and my hometown is a little bit different because it's such a small community. It's a small border town that shares right up against the US-Mexican border. And what I always found growing up was that the border was more than just kind of just wall that you have to go through and always cross. It was it was a community of both my family, friends, people that I went to school with, people that I'd see shopping between both sides. It was just one way of kind of going in between these two different worlds, but it was still one community. It was still one people that believed in the same values that had the same commitment to helping each other. Um, everyone around me, was a blue collar essentially. Everyone was working in produce. Everyone had kind of the skills to do the work that really most people kind of forget that a lot of the times that's that's what gets done in the background. It's the it's the heroes, the unsung ones that care about the community, that do a lot of the work and kind of go back and forth to provide for their families and get a better education. And from my experience, my hometown was just the one main road. You take that one main road to go anywhere you need to go because that's the one you can take. And for me, that gave me the 
uprising I needed because it really solidified how important community is. It really solidified my passion into understanding what I believe in. And what I believe in is that technology, um, diversity, inclusion, these three things that I care so much about are important and I, and I value them and I understand how impactful it can be. And my passions really start from understanding that we can do so much together and it's the better ideas that we can take together and say, well, I'm thinking about this and someone else can inspire me to think, well, what about that? And now I'm starting to think, taking their ideas that we can collectively bring something together and it's so much more powerful, it's so much more impactful. And so I take so much into consideration to make sure that everyone's voice is heard and that we can really rise up together because as a Latino ex, there's, Latinx, there's just so many things that I face. And so that kind of also fuels my entrepreneurship and community directorship with wanting to make sure that those voices are heard, that they have an opportunity to speak out, that we have some way of solving problems for our community. And the truth is technology is rising and it's one of the ways we can do that. We have mobilized the way we communicate with technology in our hands. We have mobilized the way we can connect with one another. We can mobilize the way we are able to solve the problems in our fingertips, literally. And I think that when everyone has the opportunity to solve a problem with technology in their community, they're doing the smallest things. They're solving food inequality by making an app just self-volunteer and say, hey, I need access to resources. And I don't want to just walk into a building. I can just do it from the palm of my hands. It can solve the littlest problems from understanding how you can learn to do X, Y, and Z and how you can access that. And I think all of us in some way have an entrepreneurial spirit because we can think of that, that app that can solve why. We can think of, you know, if we had a magic wand, what app would we create that can really fix something we see? And it's that perspective. It's that idea, it's that ability to change something that you see in your own ideas that can really make the difference in your community. And that's why technology is important because if we all have that background, we all have the ability to think and create those things, it'll make the biggest difference. And that's what I'm passionate in. And that's why I believe in my entrepreneurship ability to bring that to life for my own community in Arizona. Absolutely. I wanna be like, ow, that was awesome for sure. Especially cause we're from the same place and I could feel I could feel your love for our hometown. So thank you for that. Thank you. Tom, I know less about you and I'm super excited uh, to get to know you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. Um, as we work in, you know, across borders, you have worked uh, across many borders, <laughs> not just one. Um, so um, I'm excited to hear your perspective. Um, excited to hear you describe the place where you're from. Um, what drives your your passions for cross border work, and what inspired you, you know, to lead to be entrepreneurial um, in this unique way across borders? Well, thank you so much, Stephanie and Robert and uh, Samantha. I'm already feeling inspired, so that's exciting. Uh, very early today. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Taco Rales. I'm originally from Heredia in Costa Rica, Central America. Um, I, what inspires me to do this type of work is that I've basically been an immigrant for all of my adult life. Uh, I, well, in, in my community, I saw my family. I come from a family of feminist women who were always fighting for women rights, for workers' rights, for migrant rights in my community. and. And after seeing all of that activism and all of that uh, justice work, all of that social work that was the, being done in my family and in my community, um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 18 years old uh, to go to school. Uh, and I started studying uh, and I became an engineer. I graduated in mechanical engineering. And then I always had this question of, Okay, so we have all of this wonderful tech, but how can we bring it to the places that I knew? How can that tech be of help to people? You know, because so many times we just see tech uh, being used by one side of the population and one border and what happens with the other side, right? And so with all of these questions and, and uh, yeah, mostly questions, not as many solutions, uh, I, I started a career basically dedicated to how can we push forward development? How can we push forward inclusion and diversity in the tech space and also in other types of spaces? And um, most recently, I, I co-founded Smith Assembly, which is a, an impact company 
And what we try to do is bring some of that inclusion, some of that um, diversity and cross-cultural work too, to uh, the workplace. Uh, we work with teams and, and drum some, run some cool programs and activities in order to do that. Uh, yeah, but that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, we want you to continue to, to share with us. So, I mean, one of the common threads across um, conversation is that we're truly one of a kind. We're, we're charting literally territory that others have not kind of pioneering our way through these discussions and opportunity, you know, and we are at the front lines of, of this work. So I'd like to hear uh, what it's been like for you, Ta, to be that one of a kind person in the tech community. And um, if you consider yourself a, a technical or non-technical founder, um, what got you interested in technology? Like, how did you begin to, to form yourself in that space? Thank you. I love that question because I feel like that every day. I'm like, wait, what am I doing here again? You know, sometimes I feel like I find myself in all these spaces where I feel different, etc. And um, yeah, with time, I've come to make that kind of like a superpower rather than a thing that scares me because, you know, at the beginning, it really scared me. It was really scary to be the only women in an engineering space. And that happens all the time. Um, in the US, I was really scared of, you know, being the only non-English native speaker. How am I gonna be able to communicate just fine? And um, yeah, I, those tensions, I feel like as, you know, I, I heard from Samantha and Stephanie and Robert before, like we live in, in, in two worlds, right? In, in many ways and those tensions are always present. But um, yeah, I, I would say I consider myself both. I think I'm both, I can be and I can do both technical work. And I have also had to do some other types of work. Lately, I've been having to do sales or uh, having to go ahead and speak in front of people. And those are, are things that uh, just help me advance my work. And um, yeah, I, I go all in if I think it aligns with the mission. Yeah, what, could you maybe share one or, or a couple of things that you took advantage of um, to pull you into that direction that you might uh, you know, offer for someone else that's listening today? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think um, one of the things I learned from the women in my family was that um, it was okay to hold space and to try to take up space. Uh, even if it didn't feel right, you could ask for it. And, you know, just just that trying to use my voice uh, has been really helpful and allowing myself to ask for those things has been really helpful because you know I feel like the first limits become from there's a lot of obstacles that one sees but some of them come from within right and just allowing ourselves and allowing myself to take up space has been really helpful uh, more specifically I feel like um, some of some of some other mentors of mine have really helped me take up space, especially in the technical space. Uh, often, you know, when somebody has like, hey, Ta, what do you think? Uh, just those allies and those people that are, are always there to help you, I think can be really, really helpful. And I think we're, we're probably gonna talk a little bit about that more later. So I'm gonna stop there. Wow, well, you really lit a fire in my stomach when you said that, like I literally felt like that energy, that force that it takes to breakthrough, you know, to truly, to truly pioneer um, and be at the front lines of the situation. So Sam, you know, in, in some ways, you're just getting started in this, uh, at this time where things are constantly changing, you know. Um, so I'd love to hear from you, you know, as far as what support systems there are for you that have, that you are taking advantage of, um, you know, what's hot out there for you and what got you interested in technology and how, how are you driving being one of a kind? So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm just getting started. Like I'm just in my sophomore year of college. That's basically just like my second year. Um, so this is like a new world to me, if you can see it that way. I'm just getting into like STEM and all that stuff. 
um, but I've always been drawn to it. Like ever since I was little, I had this all these questions and all this like curiosity and all like this passion to know how stuff and things really work and try to understand like the simple things that surround us, how they work and why they happen. Um, so I guess that I've been just this sign <laughs> for STEM ever since I was little. Um, but yeah, like there are so many support systems that have helped me to get through where I am right now. The first of all, the first one would be my family. Um, they've always been there for me. They've always supported my dreams, my ideas, all these like things that I wanted to do. They're always there to support me. They're like my great, like my biggest fans. Um, but whenever it comes to like school or like my work or like a more, more like technical space, I think that the biggest support system that you can have is joining and like working together with people that have that same mentality that you have. So. And you probably remember this, Stephanie, but like I had one conversation with you and you and I were like, we are going to work so good together just because you and I were basically kind of like the same person, just like in different bodies. We had the same ideas, the same passion, but like we have this kind of like diverse background and like all these different like things that make us who we are that in that diversity that difference between you and me is what make us in such a great team because we have the same passion, the same like will to do the stuff but the fact that we think differently and that we see things from a different perspective makes us create things in a better way so finding those people that have the same passion and the same will and the same fire and that are inspired by the same things that you are i think it's just like the best support system that you can have because they're going to understand you because like if you go to like any other person that does not have that kind of like that same intensity that you have and you tell them about your projects your ideas they're going to doubt you they're going to be like hey well like they're gonna question you like why are you doing this do you really think that's gonna work like why would you waste your time if this is not gonna like stick um so having those people that are gonna be like as crazy as you are that are gonna be just as um you know that are gonna dream as big as you are right next to you it's a key piece for me and i think that with the being one of a kind sometimes i'm not like very how can i say that I don't like to think myself as a one of a kind just because like sometimes people like for example I've attended panels and I've attended conferences and you see the speakers and you're like whoa this is unachievable you know because like you see them they're all big and all like important and you're like no no there's no way I can do that but I truly believe that each one of us is one of a kind because we all come from a different background. We all grew up in a different way. We all have different ideas, different passions, different identities, but all those things are like contribute to make us who we are. So we're all one of a kind. That's just like something that I really wanted to say because like sometimes we might see some like big or important people talking and we feel like we cannot attain that or that we're not special enough. But I think that how I deal with being one of a kind is owning my power. That's something that's tested. Like you have to make all those things that you think that make you a minority or that make us a minority or that make us um, be kind of like the underdogs, own that and make it your power. Like make it your kind of like your rocket that's gonna like push you over the space like that. Use that as a motor rather than like, hey, um, Rather than being intimidated by all those things that you are, no, own them. And that's what makes you who you are. That's what makes you powerful. And that's what gives you all those things. And like, even gives you kind of, I like to think some sort of like, um, what's the word for that? Some kind of like, I'm not going to say like superiority because like we're not, like we're at the end of the day, we end up being minorities. But it just gives us like this different perspective and this different like ways to view things and face the world and face problems that not all the people have. So having all those things um, really, really um, gives us an advantage, just like if we own it, because if it, we do not own it, it can be kind of like a weapon against us. So yeah, basically just like contributing to what Ta said, owning those things that makes us who we are. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. So Robert, I'm, I'm looking at you and uh, I know technology has been a huge part of your life. And I'd like to learn more. I'd like to learn what being one of a kind in the tech space in which um, you're affiliated with. And if I know that you consider yourself a, a technical 
of founder, um, but what got you started and what are your support systems? You're always helping me out. You know, so many systems, so many platforms, like Robert's the best person to go to when you need, when you need help with technology, let us know how. Um, that's great. And I'm, and I'm more than happy to talk about that because I can do it all day. Um, the one thing I'd like to share with everyone, and I think Samantha did a really good job talking about that is curiosity. <clears throat> I thrive off curiosity because curiosity leads me down the path to continue asking why. Um, it has led me to continue to wonder how things work, what can be done to improve. And over time, the most valuable thing I learned is that it's not so much understanding how to solve problems with technology. It's, it's adverse. It's how technology can solve the problem for the human, for the person, for the community. And that switch that I learned a very long time ago has always made me wonder about the problems we face as humans, the problems we face in communities that technology can solve. And I think one of the things that I started off with was as simple as web design. My community at the time, I mean, even now it's, it's still a prevalent issue, but web design was still something that was a very early skill. And a lot of communities didn't have a web page for their business. And I recognized looking into the future, that that is going to be something they need. They need presence. Uh, and now more than ever, years later from my middle school and high school days, it is so much more important. It's almost as if, if you don't have that base, you're, you're lost. So my love with technology really started around curiosity. It started around trying to figure out what it can do. But I faced a lot of challenges. I was in a small town. Technology is not readily available anywhere. And, you know, just like in a library, I mean, it was like the oldest PCs you can have access to. So equity was something that now I fully understand the value of. But yet at the time, I, I took it as it is. And I think now we have a lot more accessibility to getting these things. We have much more uh, opportunity to have much more powerful machines in our hands. Um, compared to some traditional PCs or laptops or even tablets. We have so much more mobility power that it's, it's really transformative of what we can do. And I think all of us can probably think of the fact that I, I always have this notion that you need X to do Y. You need this camera to be able to really shoot high quality things. You need a really good PC to do video editing and graphic stuff. You need X to do Y. And this whole notion of limiting yourself and putting barriers really change the way that we look at technology and use it. And that is one thing I wanted to solve. And that's one thing that really made me think different was that it's the, it's the things that I've seen even cross uh, culturally through different border communities that those challenges of you need the best X to do Y don't exist. It's whatever you have, you make the use of it. Um, even not looking at technology, seeing people who put together a drum set using cans and, and any other material they can to recreate something just for the love of what they want and what they need. And they see that um, that isn't been important. And I think one of the things that is really great from my own perspective that helped me kind of go into technology and recognize how important that is, is that we are now accessing far more possible opportunities to learn the things that are out there. I mean, there's so many great resources now that the opportunity to start, the opportunity to grow and to, and to mentor and to foster this curiosity that we have allows us to go deeper in technology. And so I, I, I think that all of us in some way are innovators in the way we think. I think innovation is like a, a very blanketed word, but really we all have a way of taking something and making it better. We've done that for, for thousands of years as humans. We have taken the, the sphere, we made it into a better material. And then we take the material and we transform different things. And we have a lot of idols like Steve Jobs and some of us see uh, Bill Gates and some of us see Elon Musk and now Jeff Bezos. And we have different high profile people in tech that we look at. But really, it's it's the smaller people that I really I really look up to. I look up to the person who created the first mouse. I look up to the person who created the copy and paste. It's the, the little things that really add up over time that make a huge difference, that transform the way we think, that we don't even think about it. Um, it's, it's the challenges they've faced to create such amazing design and technology and overcome all because they're thinking about the human first. The founder of IDEO who created the mouse, who worked with Apple to create the mouse was so inspiring to me because the technology was always there. And they thought of so many ways they can implement the technology. What made them better and what really transformed the landscape of technology and innovation was they understood how does a human think about using this technology? How can we make it better for the human? 
how do we make a mouse move? I mean, just think about that for a second, like not even realizing that we take it for granted now, creating an interface like that for humans. That's, that's a lot of thinking. That's a lot of testing. That's a lot of just going through things that work and don't work yet curiosity, yet failure, embracing failure, yet going through and knowing how we can make that better because of this technology and not saying, oh, we have this, let's just make X. That is a difference. And I, and I think that's something that I, I have found to embrace. So I, I think I'd like to, to put that there for now. For sure, thank you so much, for sure. Um... I'm passionate about a lot of the the information that that you shared, you know, because if more of us had that access, you know, if, if different groups that haven't been able to navigate the world, you know, through through technology, haven't been able to to um, be have space held for them where they could be curious, you know, where they could think big, where they could uh, bring down some of those barriers that that keep individuals. And uh, Tom, I'm looking at you um, for this question. I saw you shaking your head a whole lot, <laughs> you know, listening listening to Robert. And um, I really like to learn from you um, what you've seen as far as inequalities in, in the tech space. And, and, and if you could uh, tell us how that relates to, you know, some of the issues that, that we're seeing for uh, disadvantaged groups here in the States, uh, particularly women, um, people of color, um, especially women of color, uh, because that's where we see reports where there's a significant inequality when it comes to entrepreneurship and technology. Can you touch on that a little? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I got really excited um, when when Robert was speaking about this and and also about how we can challenge our own conceptions of innovation, right? Like, uh, depending on, on where we look at, we're going to find innovation. Uh, most of my work has been with uh, people who are underrepresented in tech. Uh, and with that, I mean, I spend a whole lot of time in Mexico working with indigenous communities in Oaxaca and um, in Veracruz and in, in other places. And when you see, when you work there and where you're there, is that there's a lot of innovation that happens there too, because in order to be there, in order to exist and resist uh, the conditions of migration that people have to go um, to undergo, you need to innovate all the time, you know, and maybe you don't have the tools, maybe you don't have a computer, maybe you don't have internet. And, and that's huge. A lot of people don't have internet everywhere. And, and what do you do? Well, you innovate with what you have. And so I feel like in that sense, um, we need to, how do we, how do we help? You know, what, what role, for example, can I, can I take in order to be helpful in that situation? And, and in my opinion, I think we can uh, be enablers of resources, right? Like we can enable people to have more access to resources and opportunities that due to all of the structural inequalities that we see everywhere, uh, people often don't have, right? And I say that because I wanna really differentiate it from uh, decision-making power. I'm, I'm very big on like, how can we transfer power to the people who are affected by things, right? How can I, uh, as you know, when I'm coming in as the program manager or when I'm coming in with, with some, power, some power because of whatever my degree and all of the other things that allow you to have access to power, how can we transfer it so that the people who are affected by issues can have more, uh, more power in their own spaces to create the change that they wanna create, right? And so I believe that like Robert said, technology is a really a tool to do that. And, and, and um, if, you know, as many tools as we can enable people who are under-resourced to have, the more good they're gonna do with those tools. So yeah, I'm gonna leave it there because I can get really excited about this. <laughs> I love it. I love the passion in here. I can I could feel it. Sam, so I know that you work uh, closely with, with women on both sides of the border. Uh, you're natural at empowering others. I know that you've already done that for everybody here today. Um, could you share uh, more with us about um, your thoughts on the inequalities, um, you know, against women and women, people of color, especially women of color, who where we see the reports of significant inequalities when it comes to entrepreneurship and technology? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's no secret that women on the STEM fields are underrepresented. Like, we all know that um, being 
as an engineer student myself, I faced many challenges within the field. Um, but I, as you mentioned, it's just not being a woman that makes you um, a minority. Our, like we have all those intersectionalities that even affect us even more. So like in my case, I'm not only a woman on a STEM field, I'm also Mexican. Um, English is not my native language, but we also have this like other like, intersectionalities, like people being from the LGBTQ plus community, um, being a native American, like there's so many things that can make you even more uh, um, like propense to be part of like these inequalities. And as Tao mentioned, it's like a structure. It's just a thing that exists. Um, but as me, for example, being part of like a minority and being like an underrepresented on those fields, I am on those fields. So what can I do to help those, like all those generations that are coming next like after me what can i do for them so yes i am underrepresented yes i am a minority but i am here now so um something that's very important for me it's empowering others because i know that even though that i am underrepresented and a minority i know that i'm very privileged within that like those sectors like i know that i have the opportunity to study abroad i have the opportunity to receive an education I'm gonna get my major in biomedical engineering. I have all this like power and all these opportunities in front of me and I'm gonna take advantage of them. But there's some other people that don't have those opportunities that they don't have the access to like that information, to that education, to all those like doors, connections and people. So it, I feel that it's my responsibility um, to share that with others. So I, it's basically what Tass said. I'm just like kind of like um, giving it up with my perspective, but um, in my case, being still a student um, and being still like, on the learning process of all the like, technology and all that stuff, I don't feel empowered enough yet to help others through technology, but I know that I can help others through information, through education, through workshops, through panels, through conferences. So I've dedicated my entire high school career, my entire college career to doing that to finding ways in which I can help others to improve their skills, their abilities. How can I help them be more prepared to face the problems that they're gonna be facing in the future? So um, there are many different ways in which we can help to like make smaller those inequalities um, by helping those people that are affected by those inequalities grow and be more empowered and be more ready to face all those challenges that they're gonna face. So, um, Innovation comes in different shapes. It comes in different packages. It doesn't come like in a specific box. So it's not only the innovation that we can provide through technology. It's also the innovation that we can provide through information, through like preparation, through all those like different ways in which we can help people in the communities grow. Um, and there's always something that we can do to help all those minorities and all those people that are suffering those inequalities. There's always something that can be done. Um, so yeah, I don't think that because um, like I've been asked questions like hey do you think that your work is actually like doing something because you know you're not being very impactful or like your projects are not very big or like they're not very fancy and stuff like that um, and those comments normally come from like older people because like they're doing all those projects that involve technology companies and all those big fancy words and names um, but the like normally I focus on the youth um, and that young people that start getting ready and start getting all this preparation and start getting like all these skills, they end up growing to be the ones that are going to be giving and providing and giving back to the community through technology and through all that stuff. So it's kind of like creating those like baby steps and those like bases for the community to actually start building on top of those. So um, there's, as I was telling, there's always something that we can do and there's nothing that we do that is not going to be impactful enough. I don't know if I made myself clear with that comment, but like every single thing that we do, it's gonna help to um, make the problems that people face a little bit smaller, not by actually attacking the problem because when it comes to structures, it's very difficult to like just jump in and try to fix like um, racism or like those inequalities that exist like through intersectionalities, but we can help the people that are affected by them by empowering them and giving them that like ability to face all the things that are going to be facing. Absolutely. When it comes to empowerment and all of us being having the ability to be able to to support, I was really inspired um, by what I heard from um, this future of work series that the San Francisco Federal Reserve 
uh, put on last week, and they were talking about the future of education. And basically, right now, uh, as we're seeing the the digital divide, um, and they were uh, empowering those that know even a little, like, and what I mean by a little is if you know more than 18 months on anything that has to do with remote work, with utilizing tools, with if you are a digital native, like, Let's all take that responsibility and extend ourselves and don't underestimate ourselves as experts during this time. Like we can return to our communities and support them. You know, we can bring it home. We can take our skills um, and, and, uh, and plant new seeds and stimulate curiosity, you know, so that people can have the first exposures of this to build upon over time. You know, it needs to start with us with all of us right here. So let's move on. Um, I have uh, a couple of more questions that I'd like to uh, direct, individual questions that I'd like to uh, present to each of you. And uh, we'll start with Robert. So uh, COVID-19 has exasperated inequalities across the board. What have you discovered um, has worked and, and what hasn't? And what innovations in technology are we leaving on the table when it comes um, when we have these barriers to entrepreneurship and technology, what more could we be doing? That's a really good question. Um, wow, just trying to think in my head about how loaded and important that question is. Um, you know, COVID-19 has really, you, you said this before, but it really opened up deeper, kind of, it really hurt us deeper than we were already kind of already in a hole of. Um, and, and that's just simplifying it because really it, it put us in the position where those who had the privilege and access to an equity, and I think I want to just reiterate that equity is a key word here. Those who had all the access to the tools were in far better position than those who couldn't, those who relied on internet through school or through some other public space, those who relied on access to the technology at places that they probably already had some connection to. And I think it's easy to take for granted how much we use those things prior to when we had no access to it whatsoever. Um, we invested in, in the most basic public services available to say, yep, you have libraries, you have all these other resources available in your community, if that's the case. And in some cases, um, even across the border, that's not the case, but that being said, those places were shut down. Those resources, the access, everything that you could do that we try to solve for was completely gone. And I think back to a photo that I saw during the pandemic early on where children who had to still go to school remotely were outside of a Taco Bell on their laptop trying to log in and trying to do that. And I resonated with that so much because I was a child who went to a local area that had internet because I didn't have any at home. And I would sit there outside of for hours and just use the internet as a resource. And that even painted a deeper picture in my head about how much more COVID-19 exposes us to that. I also want to say that it's a double-edged sword because in a lot of ways, it has changed the way we fundamentally connect and speak and change the way we talk with one another, how we engage, how the workforce has developed. Um, COVID-19 has opened a lot of those things up, and I think we can really change that. And one of the things that allows us to do it is by looking at things that we left on the table, like you said, um, with providing access to, to technology and, and as a bare minimum, it's, it's, it's having a way of saying we just need a better a foundation of internet to provide everyone the basic necessity of how we can connect. Um, I think people are starting to realize how important internet access is, even at a base level. And, and when I talk about equity, it's always about the hardware. It's always about the lack of that. Even in a lot of the communities that we're involved with, it's hard to just say, yeah, here's an iPad. It's hard to get an iPad. It's hard to get anything of the equivalents, but you still need internet. And I think if we just start at the internet level, we can accomplish so much more because with the internet, we can use a lot of a new underlying technologies such as zero clients, which allow us to not even have a physical computer. All you need is internet, a monitor, a keyboard and mouse, and you're good to go. You have access to a full power PC. And these are the things we're leaving on the table. And these are the things that we're not really thinking about how we can incorporate to the communities that need it the most. Um, I, I applaud a lot of my colleagues who work in education currently that have struggled to find a way to really make that needed. I mean, we, we've kind of patchworked a lot of solutions during this time where we give out, you know, home repeaters, these Wi-Fi bridges, things that connect, but in a lot of ways, we need to think about 
equity and access and how important that is. And, and, and there's so many factors across the board that we can look at, but in education and in some of the things that we do, um, it's important to recognize how much more of a need and I'd say even a human basic privilege it is to, to say we need internet and some of us who have it are better off than those who don't because if you don't have it, you're so much for, more disconnected. And so I think we're leaving a lot of that on the table and I think there's opportunities to fix that, but I, I think I, I can go so much further into that, but I'll leave that for there now. Yeah, I gave you a loaded question. That's a good question. It's it's a question that's on the top of our minds every day, you know, since um, since we've had to make the the different transitions and have been challenged, you know, by old practices and and all of that. So, uh, Tom, in your involvement, um, you know, with leading innovation driven entrepreneurship programs stateside and also in other places like uh, Mexico, Brazil, Zambia, Peru, Costa Rica. Uh, what are the differences? Like, what do you what do you shape there that that uh, that has been different um, in seeing startups come together um, in your way and how you're leading? You know how you're kind of carving the path uh, professionally in your business to serve these different types of groups. Um, I'd also like for you to touch a little bit on the misconceptions of uh, of others from Latinam you know, and what you see um, Latinam is doing different and what we have to learn from other places. Thank you, Stephanie. That's a great question. I, um, I'm already, yeah, reflecting about this. Um, I, yeah, so I, I've been, I've been very privileged to work in over 20 countries in different, in different types of projects. A uh, lot, most of them related to innovation and how to, you know, uh, create startups uh, in what sometimes are very difficult conditions, and uh, also on how to innovate to improve livelihoods. Uh, so you know how can we how can this machine help out with this very hard uh, agricultural task, etc. And I would say everywhere is different. You know, like it, it's just so different, and even within a country, I. Um, I spent a lot of time in, in in Mexico and in Brazil, and first of all, it was just such a different experience working there. The work culture uh, of Mexico or the work culture of Brazil is completely different from the work culture of Costa Rica, and uh, even more different in in comparison to the U.S. And even within a country, I believe there's just uh, lots of diversity, of course, as well. And and I want to touch on, on a couple of things. I I think first, um, culturally, ethnic groups, um, different ethnic groups have just so many different things to contribute. Uh, we used to run programs uh, on design, co-design of, of technologies. And uh, some of these programs were, uh, you know, either in indigenous communities or in communities where people didn't, um, speak Spanish, uh, many of them, or in communities where people didn't know how to read and write. And one of the really interesting things about that is that when you do those really, like those initial activities of like solve the design challenge, people who had gone to school always came up with the same type of solutions. And then you saw the solutions of people who had never had a formal education and they were completely different, right? And, and for me, that was just very much an example of how much it matters, you know, what types of things you've heard in your life and, and to like the types of innovations that you can come up with. And with that, I just want to say that there, you know, everybody has something to contribute to the table. And um, it's important to also enable them to do that. So for example, if you don't speak Spanish, how can we like enable a space in your indigenous language? If you don't know how to read and write, how can we enable spaces in in uh, using some other tools, et cetera. And so, yeah, I, in that sense, I believe that uh, that's why a lot of my tech work has actually been more like inclusion work because in order to co-design tech, you need to be able to include all, all of those voices. Uh, and so that's how I, have, I came to, you know, uh, do this type of work that, uh, I think now is more on the DEI space, the, on the tech space, uh, but uh, you need that 
throughout, you know, in tech, in food, in public policy. We need more of that. And you're right. Um, everybody from Latinam is different, but here in the States, we, we find ourselves kind of binding together, you know, sometimes as one, as one kind of large Latinx group. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy to hear uh, just that remembrance that uh, we do have some similarities, but even within our own culture, we have so much diversity. We could do so much together, you know, in unison, being under that umbrella, but kind of pushing forward with our unique qualities, um, developing a diversity that a lot of industries are missing out on. You know, we, we know that if we, you diversify your team, you will get better results. So it's, uh, it's interesting to think, right? What would, what would we do if we knew our power? What would we do if we understood the numbers that I started this conversation with and we really developed a plan, you know, and, and utilized our strengths in that way? What could we do? What kind of change could we create? So Sam, um, you know, I feel like your generation I know that your generation, <laughs> because I, I work with so many youth, is is different. You think differently, you know, and, and you're you're a member of Generation Z, and uh, you have uh, already been afforded, you know, some of some of those systems that were developed specifically for your generation to build upon any passions that may have been natural, um, and build upon you know opportunities that are STEM related. And your passion about social entrepreneurship, about change, about empowerment. Um, what perspective can you offer as a, a also a, a young Mexican citizen doing work across borders, um, as a student in the United States? Uh, could you share about your discovery in bridging communities, you know, across borders, um, specific to um, being economically dependent on one another? Um, those challenges regarding diversity, and you know, you're young, but you still deserve a loaded question, just like the rest of us. Yeah, so um, growing in a town that was close to the border kind of like always helped me to have like this idea of how that cross-border community kind of worked. But it was not until I actually moved to live here in Tucson that I realized, okay, there's so much more than what I thought it was. And having the opportunity to live in those like both places um, helped me to understand how both places work independently, but more importantly, how they work together. So um, it's like, this is gonna be kind of like weird maybe, but I like to think myself as a citizen of the world because I've had the opportunity to not only live in Mexico, but like also I studied abroad in Europe. I've studied here in the United States. I've had traveled a lot. And I'm gonna bring this back to the question in the sense that having the opportunity to visit different places allows you to become more aware of what you have back home, kind of like to understand better and appreciate better all those things that you took for granted where you were living in your original place. But it also allows you to understand and appreciate all those great things that different cultures and different places have. So being a um, Mexican uh, citizen and having lived in Mexico my whole life helped me to like view things in one way, but it was not until I moved here to Tucson that I understood how like really great things Mexico had and like all these great ideas and all these great like projects and way to work things out. Um, but also it wasn't until I started to live here that I realized all those great things that both of the United States that Tucson, the cross-border community has and how um, understanding those both, like both those things helped me to see like, okay, we've got the best of Mexico here. We've got the best of um, United States here or like more specifically of Hermosillo and, and Tucson. How can I link those two together to get like a combination of the best of both worlds? How can I make sure that what we have here that's great can be brought into Tucson so that we can make Tucson even better. And how those things that I've learned here in Tucson, how can I bring them back to Mexico to make it in Mexico a lot better? So um, kind of like stopping for a second and trying to understand and analyze all these great things that each of the like the sides have, but also working with people from both sides to even like understand a lot better how all these structures and how like 
um, how the people and how the community works and joining them as a team. That has really helped me to kind of like understand, but not only understand, but also kind of like get hands-on into developing projects and ideas that are gonna like enrich the community and our place a lot better. So I think that um, the perspective that I can offer is just like a perspective from an outsider, if you can think about that way. Because sometimes when we're super immersed into a culture, into um, an idea, into a project, we have a difficult time kind of like taking a step back and analyzing and understanding and like just judging and kind of like questioning all those things that are right there on the table. But since we're like super immersed, it's just hard to take that step back. So coming in and being like this outsider really has helped me to be able to do all that's questioning and kind of like um, analyze and visualize things from a different way. And having now lived here for two years already kind of has given me the ability to do the same with the things back home. Um, but as you know, like I live here in Tucson now, I live back in Mexico. So I definitely need like this community, this like um, team of other people that are also part of like this cross-border community to like be able to help me to do all this questioning. And once that questioning is done, like, okay, now what can we do with all this information that we just got? Um, so yeah, I think that bridging both communities from the United States and from Mexico, it's a lot easier than we think just because like there's so many people that are willing and that are excited to do these kind of like jobs, to do these kind of like cross-border activities that are excited and that are willing and that are like more than, how can I say, like they're ready to do that kind of work. They just don't know that opportunity is there yet. So once you present them with the opportunity, once you open the door for them, or once you tell them like, hey, this is an object, this is something that you can work on, um, they will jump right in without even thinking about it. So. There are those two things, like just being able to understand and question things, but also presenting them with the opportunity, like, hey, this is something that you could be doing. Um, so yeah, both those both two things. Thank you, everybody, for sharing, you know, the, your experiences with everybody else. I hope that everyone's walking away with the new thinking, new ways of of wanting to approach situations and and more importantly you know, spark that curiosity within yourself to continue to learn, to go out there and innovate and support others in breaking through.